Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It is 10 o'clock. Uh, it's time for Tim with Tim. My name is Tim Harris. I'm pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church in Woodburn, Kentucky, South Central Kentucky. Uh, we do this every day, Monday through Friday. We just meet here on Facebook or YouTube, uh, and uh, we go through the verse, uh, verse by verse of the Word of God together. We're starting something new today, and I'm pretty excited. We're starting with the Gospel of Mark. Um, we've come a long way through God's Word, and I kind of saved the Gospel of Mark in my back pocket because I knew uh, at some point we're going to really want a little more Jesus, <laughs> you know, and I need a little more Jesus right now. And so we're going to focus on the Gospel of Mark verse by verse. So I'm so glad you're with me. I'm glad you're starting fresh with me. Uh, the Gospel of Mark. Uh, it is usually considered to be the earliest gospel. In other words, before Matthew, before Luke, before John, Mark wrote his gospel. So it's the, it's the first of the gospels, which is amazing. That means that Mark uh, invented uh, a, a new literary form. I mean, gospel itself uh, is kind of a very unique type of literature, uh, a gospel. Uh, it is, it's, 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 it's a missionary document, you, you could say. It probably, well, I'd say definitely comes from the missionary witness, the preaching of the early church. Uh, early church tradition tells us that Mark was closely associated with Peter and that Mark uh, sort of uh, writes from Peter's memory or, or uses Peter as a source. Tradition also says specifically that Mark didn't necessarily write things down in order. Uh, we'll notice today, even in the first 20 verses that we're looking at today, Mark likes to arrange by key word. You know, so today in the first 20 verses, the key word is kind of wilderness. And so uh, he arranges these things according to key word. It's the arrangement inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's a, it, it's a rather fantastic thing when you read through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, one of the things you'll notice about the Gospel of Mark is how fast it moves. It's only 16 chapters, and almost half of those are uh, the cross, you know, the, the passion. Uh, indeed, somebody once said that the Gospel of Mark is really just a passion narrative with an extended introduction. So you can tell that Mark is going to make a beeline to the cross, and, and, and that's what he does. In 20 verses today, I mean, we're already calling disciples, you know. Uh, there's no birth narrative. Uh, we get uh, just a, a little bit of John the baptizer. I mean, we and Jesus is calling disciples, and he is gone, you know. So uh, the most uh, commonly used word or the most striking word in the Gospel Mark is the word immediately or at once. Uh, like I say, Mark is just getting after it. He just moves, and, and it's really amazing. Mark is to be identified with the, uh, the one we call John Mark, uh, sometimes in the book of Acts. His mother was Mary. Her house was a prominent meeting place in the early church, uh, and so John Mark was, of course, uh, a traveling companion at one time with Paul. Uh, Paul and Barnabas had a division over John Mark. Uh, again, we're talking about that John Mark, and he becomes the author of the very first gospel. Um, as I say, gospel is a unique uh, literary form. Uh, some people call it a, a laudatory biography, if you want a, a technical term. In other words, a biography that is meant to proclaim, to lift up, you know, to, to praise. Uh, but at any rate, uh, it, it is striking because the gospel in the New Testament as a literary form is this laudatory biography that is arranged or oriented toward a crisis, which is the death of Jesus the Messiah. 
And so everything is moving toward the death of this Jesus and, of course, his resurrection. Uh, So let's jump right in. Uh, Mark just begins. This is the gospel about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Uh, So one of the things I noticed in these first 20 verses is a way that very quickly there are three witnesses to the identity of Jesus. There are three witnesses. The first is a prophet Isaiah. So Mark wants to connect, wants to connect, draw a straight line from Jesus to the Old Testament prophets. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise of the prophets. You got it? So Isaiah says, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. So again, there are three witnesses to who Jesus is, but it's the wilderness that ties them together. It's the key word for Mark. He's shouting in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And this messenger was John the baptizer, uh, Mark says. So, I mean, I mean, Boom! (laughs) We just went from the Old Testament to John the Baptizer, and if you think that was fast, wait till you see how quickly uh, John the Baptizer comes and goes. He was in the wilderness, and he preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, people of Jerusalem, came out to hear John. Um, And so John is depicted as this man of the wilderness. Uh, he wears coarse camel hair and eats you know, wild locust and honey. Again, it's just he, he is a man of the wilderness. John announced, someone greater than me is coming. Do you see how fast this is moving, y'all? I'm in verse 7. And John's already saying, there's someone greater than, than I am, you know, so worthy. I'm not even worthy to, you know, to, to, to buckle his sandals. I baptize with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, Mark doesn't make a lot of reference to the Holy Spirit, but here in his prologue, uh, I guess you call it a prologue, verses 1 to 13, I think, are the introduction of the prologue to the, the, to the story of Jesus, to the gospel, because we're not quite to Jesus yet. We're still in the wilderness. But there are three quick references, a, a trifold uh, reference to the Holy Spirit. Uh, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus appears in the wilderness with John the baptizer. John comes to be, I mean, Jesus comes to be baptized. We're in verse 10 now. And as Jesus comes up, the Holy Spirit comes down. It's it's a striking sort of description. Jesus comes up, the Holy Spirit comes down. And uh, again, second mention of the Holy Spirit within two verses. Comes down like a dove and a heavenly voice declares, this is my beloved son. So you with me? There are three witnesses to who Jesus is right out of the gate in the Gospel of John. The prophet Isaiah, uh, John the baptizer, and now the heavenly voice. Uh, you are my beloved son, and you bring me great joy. And then the Spirit, you know, the Spirit came down, and now the Spirit drives Jesus deeper into the wilderness. Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. It's interesting that the one who had no sin is baptized, you know, for the repentance, you know, of sins. Jesus, of course, had no sin. And so when he comes, you know, in, in this act of repentance, it's, it's, it's pure repentance because he, he's, he's holy. There's no sin. And so that's the moment when his sonship is confirmed by the Father. It's, it's just fascinating, and I love all of this. He was out among the wild beasts, and angels took care of him. I mean, that's all we hear about the temptation right there. He was out among the wild beasts. So that's a striking phrase. I think it's meant... Uh, to to depict Jesus as sort of the new Adam, 
You know, the idea that he is out among the animals and, and he is at peace with the animals. At, at the same time, this wild beast, and, and he's, he's out there, you know, dealing with the devil. There is this suggestion that, you know, that creation, you know, uh, the, the creation that Adam has known is now fallen and it, and it is the realm of Satan. So Jesus is out as the new Adam, out among the animals, the wild beast, and Satan meets him there and the angels take care of him. So that's the first 13 verses. And I mean, man, I tell you, we, that is moving at top speed. And that is typical of the gospel of Mark until you get to the story of the cross. And then he's going to slow way down. All right. Verse 14, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. So you see, now we move out of the wilderness and into Galilee. And I think we would say that the ministry of Jesus begins. And that's why most scholars say the first 13 verses are prologue, you know, like the introduction. And then verse 14 begins the story of Jesus. Jesus goes into the Galilee where he preached the good news. And what does he say? The time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Uh, it's the same kind of message that John the baptizer was preaching. It's the same message of the Old Testament prophets, but there's something different now when Jesus preaches the time has come. The kingdom of God has come because Jesus is the king, you know. Uh, uh, verses 16 through 20. Again, Jesus calls the first disciples, and he's got four before we get to verse 20. So like I'm saying, you're going to have to hang on to your wig, you know, as we read the Gospel of Mark, because he is going to fly. It's a roller coaster, and it's beautiful. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing it into the water. They fished for a living. Jesus called out to him, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They left their nets and followed him. You know, again, man, that is so fast. Uh, so the thing you'll notice about the Gospel of Mark is, is the abruptness. Uh, it moves so fast, but also the silences. Um, he, he doesn't tell you the whole story, you know, like we don't hear anything about, you know, the calling of Peter, you know, put, throw it on the other side of the, of the boat. You know, we don't get any of that. Mark is just flying. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once and they followed him too, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, you know, so... Man, we're 20 verses in, and we are, our, Jesus is preaching. He's got four disciples, and, and, and that's how it goes. Um, we will pick up here tomorrow, verses 21 to 45. And while John goes at a breakneck pace, we're going to slow down a little bit and really, really enjoy uh, the words and the deeds of Jesus. I just love the Gospel of Mark. I think, uh, I think we're all going to find ourselves refreshed. Uh, by coming back to the gospel and reading about Jesus. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, listen, have a great Monday. It was a beautiful weekend, was it not? Today, y'all know, is my day off. Uh, I'll be at Myers later. Uh, so if you do your grocery shopping, I will see you in the produce. Uh, I love you so much. Stay in the word, uh, stay faithful, and, uh, and I will see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. Have a great day.